I believe as we are getting closer to the Good Friday, Pasalana, I'd really want us to focus on the subject of the cross. The hope of the cross. I want to talk about the cross because an understanding and a revelation of what the cross of Jesus Christ is and what it means will change our lives totally. In fact, any preaching and any gospel that doesn't focus on the cross is not the gospel at all. The, the cross is the centerpiece of what we do. It's the foundation of all that we do. And today I want to lay a foundation and we'll be working on this all the way right into our Good Friday. We will also announce in the process of time how we're going to be handling our Good Friday session. Certainly we will not be able to go to the stadium, but we will, we will use the resources that we have maximally. We will truly maximize whatever resource we have because the cross, what makes our belief different is the cross of Jesus Christ. What makes the gospel powerful is the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's what we preach. We preach Christ crucified. And that's what we preach. Luke chapter 23, and you may be surprised I'm starting there. But I want to start there reading a number of verses from verse 33 in the New King James Version. When they had come to a place called Calvary, there they crucified him, that is Jesus, and the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast his lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him and coming and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Then one of the criminals who was hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God? seeing that you are under the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. What a compelling story of events that unfold in the lives of our Savior and our Lord Jesus, but mostly in the lives of those two men who have been condemned to die because of their evil deeds. Here they are hanging on the cross, minutes ticking away where their life will be lost and their spirit will leave their body and they will go into eternity, either into eternal damnation or into heaven. And certainly because of the way they lived, it was very sure that they would be lost. And here it is with minutes ticking away, and this man, two of them, one is not saying nice things to Christ, 
But the other one, even at the last stage of his life, cries out to Jesus and asks him to help him. It's amazing that even at the eve of his life being lost, Jesus still gives this man hope because God is just that kind of God. God is a God who gives hope. It's never late for anybody. All that God is asking for and all that God is asking from you and from me is to call out to him in our time of need. We're living in an age which is called many things. It's called the atomic age, the computer age, the space age. Some people call it the post-Christian age. It's the technological age. It's the globalization age. We look at events unfolding around the world and, and you can describe all these events. But really, when you look into our world and many studies have been done on this, all over the world, all over, this is not characteristic of one continent, but all over the world, our people are drowning in a spirit of despair. We are living in the age of despair. When you consider the challenges that are facing our world and you hear about the economic recessions, natural disasters due to climate change, COVID-19, in the past we heard about suicide bombing, terrorism, all kinds of things that are happening, famine, pestilence, and there's an increasing amount of pessimism in the world. And there's an increasing amount of despair in the world. As a matter of fact, our world is becoming more and more depressed. And this is why we are making the case as the church that the doors of the church must be open and more people should be allowed to come to the church because Jesus Christ has the antidote for despair. There are many people in this age of despair who are plagued with a feeling of hopelessness. And even as we gather together here and many are joining us, you could be that person who is in that space. Maybe you don't have any hope or you don't feel any hope, could be like this man. You look at the results of your choices and you are trapped in a prison of your choices and you don't know what to do. And it's important for us. It's important also for me to remind you, Bazalona, that the church of Jesus Christ that we read about, it's not a church that thrived and survived in ideal circumstances. The era of the church and the beginning of the church, when you read about it in the book of Acts, in the times of Jesus Christ, they also lived in an era that was marked by a lot of despair. And so this becomes the backdrop of the message that we preach, that we bring hope in the midst of despair. We bring light in the midst of darkness. We come to a people sitting in darkness and we tell them, you don't have to sit and languish in darkness and die in darkness. Jesus is there. In fact, when you read about it, the history, when you read the history books, we note that in the time of the birth of Jesus Christ, the socio-political and economic conditions of Israel were intolerable. We are told that 50% of the people were slaves and most of them were hungry. Those who had jobs were only 50% and their income was taxed by imperial Rome. There was constant rebellion constant uprisings and mostly people were even advocating the abolition of the taxes because they were drowning in finance financial constraints when jesus was a child we are told that uh, 2000 jewish men were involved in rebellion 
and they were nailed on the cross. Crosses were strung out down the road of Galilee. Even at the crucifixion and the death of Jesus Christ, you know that the people who followed him were scattered in fear and the Jews were in despair because they had thought this man, Jesus, would come and release them from the rulership of the Roman government. And when this one man that they thought would bring hope now is dying, they sunk into despair. And those who followed him scattered and went everywhere and there was no hope for him. And so after the resurrection of Jesus, at least new hope emerged and he promised them the Holy Spirit will come down at Pentecost and then we see the era of the church beginning. And when the church began to rapidly advance, just as they thought, things are no longer going to have problems. Persecution came. The church became persecuted. A man by the name of Saul rose up and he killed many Christians. We read in history that even during the reign of Emperor Nero, thousands of Christians were executed. They were stoned to death. They were hanged on the cross. They were beheaded. They were fed to lions. But it's very strange that even if the church has gone through this time, when you read the letters of Paul, when you read the book of Hebrews, when you read other letters written, you, you share in them a tone of rejoicing. It's almost like when you read the New Testament, the book of Acts, letters of Paul, the letters of Peter, James, and the book of Revelation, the whole New Testament is bursting with hope. We read in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, rejoice. And this was written at the height of conflict, at the height of a time when despair should be the order of the day. This is written at the time where people should be drowning, where people should be thinking about taking their lives. And Paul writes again in Philippians 4, 6, have no anxiety for anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God. He says, and the peace of God will mount God and garrison your heart and your minds. And so the lives of the early Christians were no less hard, no less difficult than our lives. And you note in scripture, in spite of that, there were men and women filled with hope and filled with expectation. Even in the Old Testament, Nehemiah writes in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the psalmist writes in Psalms 118 verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be glad in it. What made them hopeful in these situations? I can tell you, it's all because of the hope of the cross. In our main text, we read how Jesus was led to Calvary, a place where he was found guilty and crucified. And the scripture tells us he had done no wrong. And yet he was declared guilty and sentenced to death and, and crucified between two criminals. Whilst he was being crucified, he cried out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. And we read further, the soldiers were mocking. Though, and they were gambling and dividing his clothes among themselves. Others were standing by, looking on. Rulers were sneering and shouting. They said he saved others. How come he can't save himself? And one of the criminals who hung next to Christ held abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal answered and rebuked him and said, Do you not even fear God, seeing where now and me 
We are under sentence and condemnation for what we've done, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's a request and a cry to say, God, even in my despair, I'm aware you are able to help me. Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. In Hopotza Sefila, Serinkesek Utwile, Jesohaumpiza. Lord, remember me. And Jesus, even when he's hanging on the cross, gives this criminal hope. Imagine, this man had lived his life, his long life, violating people. We don't know. Maybe he was a murderer. Maybe he was a confirmed rapist. Maybe he was stealing, doing crime. But yet it turns out as he's hanging on the cross, in spite of all that he has done, God is able to to give him hope. Jesus doesn't turn him away when he's asking for help. Jesus instead says, there is hope for you. Let me show you. This man, one thing, he became honest about his condition. See, God cannot give us hope if we are not honest about what we are going through. This man was aware that his efforts to change his life, to transform his life, had failed. This man acknowledges that my life has gone in the wrong direction. You know, sometimes life goes in the wrong direction. Sometimes we look back at our lives and we don't like what we see. And what Satan would want is to point at what you've done and tell you it's too late. You'll never change. Things will never get better. He wants to take your wrong and take your guilt and beat you over the head with it. But I'm here to tell you there is a Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, who is able to give hope. Even if you've messed up your life, he's able to look at you and say, today you will be with me in paradise. But you must turn to him and say, Lord, Remember me. This man seems to understand that the event at this last moment of his life on earth is not too late to call upon God's help. With God, it's never too late. With God, there's always hope for you. With God, it's never a dismissed case. This man, what I like about him, he decides that I will take the initiative for myself. See, today, I want to preach in a different way than normal. I want to give you an opportunity at home. I want to give you an opportunity as you are watching on our Facebook. I want to give you an opportunity as you are watching on our website. I want to give you an opportunity in all those branches for you to take a step towards God. Today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right where you are because God wants to bring hope in your life. I want to pray for you because God wants to transform your life. This man decides, I will take the initiative for myself. This man says, I will call on Jesus for myself. Even if I'm hanging on the cross and he's hanging on the cross, I will call on him. What I like about this man, he's saying to himself, I will not wait for my friend to do it for me. Nor will I follow the wrong choice of my friend. See, sometimes our life ends up being destroyed because we follow the wrong choices of our friends. We follow what they do. We follow what they say. We take their example. And Jesus responds immediately and says to this man who needs hope, you called on me for help? You asked for me to intervene in your life? Note, Jesus doesn't remind this man of his old life. 
Jesus is not like us where we remind people Jesus doesn't do that. All that God is looking for is for somebody who will call out to him and ask him for help. And Jesus says to this man, today I will be with you in paradise. And Jesus through the cross gives hope. I want to give you seven things quickly. Why is the cross our hope? Why is the cross of Jesus Christ your hope and my hope? Why not something else? Why do we preach the gospel of the cross? Why is it that we're going to take time in the next few weeks as the Christian community all over the world and are going to talk about the cross of Jesus Christ? Why are we going to do that? Number one, through the cross, there is forgiveness of sin. Through the cross, there is forgiveness of sin. You see, the power of sin can never be solved by human effort. The power of sin cannot be destroyed by our willpower. And sin is to be punished by a holy God. But thank God, the cross comes for the forgiveness of our sin. For those of you who are walking around under the weight of sin, and you see yourself doing things that you don't like, going the way you don't want to go, You see yourself in this prison where you are almost on autopilot and you are doing things that even if your heart doesn't want to do them, you still do them. I'm here to offer you the solution of the cross. It is the cross of Jesus Christ that destroys the power of sin. It says in the book of Colossians, through the cross, he destroyed him who had the power of death. He destroys and paralyzes the power of sin. And when we accept the cross and we invite Christ to come into our lives. He changes us, makes us to be new creatures and destroys the power of sin. You know, I grew up in a good home, you know, where I had good examples from both my mom and my dad. And I can be honest, because of that background, one grew up having a good moral life. But let me be honest with you. In spite of all that, I couldn't deal with the power of sin. Sin is powerful. With all your good intentions, you can't break the power of sin. But the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Number two, the cross brings freedom from condemnation. Not only does sin hold us bondage, but sin creates a a heart of condemnation where we constantly feel guilty before a holy God. In fact, I've spoken to several people and I've heard of other people who have said the reason I don't want to come to church is because when I go to church, you people remind me of my sin and I feel bad about it. You don't need to feel condemned about your sin because the power of the cross deals with the condemnation of sin. See, condemnation becomes a heavy weight on your life, a load over you that keeps you down and keeps you feeling guilty, but it doesn't offer you a chance to change how things are done. But the cross of Jesus Christ is able to free us. For there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I think for me, having grown up in a religious background, because, you know, sometimes religion makes you so conscious of right and wrong. But the frustration is that it doesn't give you the power to deal with your right or your wrong. But the day I received Christ as Savior and Lord, it was like a ton of things was removed over my life. 
There is therefore now no condemnation. Number three, the power of the cross. We are given a new start in life. This man, in spite of how he lived, could get a new start in life. You can get a new start in life. Even if people may not forgive you for the things that you've done in the past. Even if you may even have a criminal record where it's recorded in the books that you are such and such. Jesus Christ through the cross is able to give you a new start in your life. Oh, he's able to give us a new start. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And we can have a new start in life. Everybody deserves a new start. God says, I will wash away your sins. I will take them and throw them as far as the east is from the west. He says, I will wash them. I will make them white as snow. No record. God remits our sin. And the term there, it means to erase such that there is no trace that something was written thereon. Oh, God is able to forgive us. And can we hear a good amen in the house? He gives us a new start. Number four, through the cross there is healing. Healing. The blood of Jesus flowed for our sins. But the body of Jesus was broken for us to be healed in our bodies. That's why I want to pray for you today. That God will bring healing in your body. That God will touch you right where you are. That God will free you right where you are. That God will bring relief in the name of Jesus right where you are. Number four, the cross brings deliverance. Whatever you are bound with. Whatever substance you are bound with, whatever it is that has imprisoned you, the cross is able to bring deliverance. We know many people who are bound by alcohol and, 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 and drugs and, and cigarettes and people who are bound by lust and, and all kinds of things. Their lives have been set free because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Number six, through the cross there is freedom from curses. It doesn't matter what is it about Kayona. The cross of Jesus Christ is able to set you free. It doesn't matter what the background of your family is. What has been going on in your families. When Jesus comes in. The cross of Jesus Christ. Is able to bring freedom. And finally through the cross. There's victory over demonic powers. Because of the cross, we are not afraid of demonic powers. Because of the cross, we can stand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and stand strong in the power of God. And right now, right where you are, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Number one, for you to invite Christ in your life and have him come into your life as Savior and Lord of your life. Jesus is the only one who's able to change you. Come just like this man on the cross. Admit your wrong. Come with honesty and sincerity. Because God is calling you. If you are here in this audience, if you are in the other churches and you want to invite Christ as Savior and Lord, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. And right where you are, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Follow me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, join me congregation. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart and for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you as well. You are sick in your body. There you are.
bound by powers of darkness. There's no distance in prayer. Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the one who's able to set free. Right where you are, if you need prayer, just raise your hand right where you are. Raise your hand. Father, you see these hands of your children. I pray for healing. In the name of Jesus. Every sickness and every disease broken. People languishing in sickness and disease. You send your word and you heal them. And deliver them from every destruction. In the name of Jesus, thank you for your healing. I pray for those who are bound by demonic forces and demonic powers. I break those powers in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you said in your name, we will exercise authority and power over powers of darkness. Be free right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray for the families that are bound by curses, generational curses that are destroying the home and destroying the family. In the name of Jesus, I release your power. In the name of Jesus, I break your power. In the name of Jesus, release God's people right now. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a hand of praise, everybody. Hallelujah.